Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto podcast. It's August 10th, 2023, and this is Off Chain, your weekly recap of the biggest stories in Web3. I'm Matthew Housebarby, and back alongside me this week is Austin <laughs> Knight. How are you doing, Austin? How was your break? Oh, I'm good, Matt. Uh, glad to be back. I went all the way up to New York to eat some amazing barbecue, and I'm back here baking in the hot Texas sun, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear a lot of people from Texas often have to leave Texas to go to New York to get beautiful barbecue food. Uh, so <laughs> I know. Yeah. Isn't that such a bizarre it, behavior? Everyone was so confused. <laughs> I I think that's almost sacrilege uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for, for, for if you're in Texas. I'm... So, I, I, I'm Almost hesitant that we should publish this. Are you going to be allowed to stay there after this? I'm not. I'm going sure. to lose my Texas citizenship, man. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, yeah. That 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 could happen. Um. <clears throat> well, it's been it's been an eventful couple of weeks, as it always is in in crypto. We're going to talk a little bit about PayPal's big announcement around their stablecoin. Um. Lots to unpack there, and. We're going to talk as well, a bit of a follow-up. I, I covered the story around the Curve exploit that happened. We got a bit of an update on what's happened there with one of the the hackers returning some of the funds, which is kind of interesting. And before we dig into some of this, one of the things that, you know, it's not necessarily a, a big story here, but I wanted to just touch on a growing sector of crypto that I definitely have very mixed feelings about, which is kind of the gamble-fi craze, as it's being mm. called, which is basically just largely unregulated gambling uh, over DeFi. And I'm not sure if you've been following much around what's been happening with Rollbit, uh, Austin, which is, uh, I I am he- I'm hesitant to say a licensed casino uh it's (laughs) you know it's on the on the borderlines there's a lot of like question marks around that but what i will say is i mean we've known if we drew a venn diagram between gambling and crypto there's pretty pretty big overlap in the interest areas right and uh while while i haven't what directly in the gambling space? I I was in the gaming space for a uh, when I was at Decentral Games, and you know we were a poker game. We didn't actually do like cash game gambling, but got to see that space quite a bit. And I know there's a a lot of interest in it, but it's been kind of crazy where I've been just seeing a ton of these quote unquote casinos popping up that are decentralized casinos, and more importantly, I think Rollbit has been very popular. I've seen a lot of these like appear over the years. I'm forgetting what the Bitcoin, like the dice game was. Oh God, it's driving me crazy now in my head. But anyway, there was like a very uh, popular one. Um, And Robert is really like a pretty polished in the grand scheme of Web3 uh, casino. They have partial licensing, at least. They're doing 1.5 million in 24 hour revenue as in like fee revenue this is like wow that they're making and now for a regular casino that's still an online casino it's still not groundbreaking amounts but as far as DeFi goes that's that is big and their token has been absolutely pumping i think it's seven days it's like up 75 percent. i was looking <laughs> at like the 60 day view and it's like a 
10,000% gain. So it's just like kind of ridiculous. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> all of the big crypto influencers are now Rollbit, you know, affiliates or, or whatever. So, so I think there's a lot of like dangers in, in this area. Um, but off the back of this, so I think Rollbit is part of the story and it's what's really driving a lot of the craze in like the GambleFi space. But there's been, <laughs> the, the reason why I want to bring this up is less about Rollbit as just me setting the scene. There's been some of the most bizarre, <laughs> bizarre kind of, I don't even know what to call them, projects spin up. So one, I'm not sure if you saw this, Austin, um, and, and I, I, I just really don't even like this, but it is just also kind of bizarre and kind of funny to just discuss, which is this <laughs> hamsters.gg. Where, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you, you, you have to go visit this website. Um, so it's betting on hamster racing. So, so they they have these ham, four hamsters <laughs> lined up uh, in kind of just like these little tunnel things, right? And I, I I don't know whether they put food at the end. I think they don't, but they do like, they just plop them down and like people really care about these hamsters, They're these same four hamsters. And they start the race, you bet on it in crypto, like live betting and uh, whichever hamster in the time period goes on to like actually like go to the other end of the the tunnel first wins and there's like <laughs> one kind of funny element to this which is like it's like this one hamster like that uh has had like a record where it's won like four races out of like 380 or something it's like the law of averages is definitely not applied to this hamster <laughs> uh but um <laughs> And there was like, I was like following this stuff where it was like the team had to prove that it wasn't just them showing hamsters on repeat. So they like videoed themselves going to like the pet store to get more hamsters. What what is even happening? And of course they had a hams token that like pumped and then dumped. Then there's just been like, there's been like rabbit racing, rat roulette. There's like these rats just like running along like a roulette wheel thing and where they stop. Is it? I'm just like, what are we doing here? This is just bizarre. So I think at least we found crypto's killer app uh, is is the upside here. Um, but then more recently, so I think that kind of like hysteria has died down a bit. And I will just also caveat that I do not approve of any of these projects just buying animals to race in a really bizarre, regardless <laughs> of whether they're treating them nicely or not. This is just a, a really like a beyond unethical thing. But then one thing that I saw two days ago, which is just like upping the stakes of uh, kind of gambling. And I think it's just going to cause like a massive crackdown pretty soon on this. is this thing called bullet game. Right. And, this shows me the lengths people will go to to just, I mean, get almost certainly eventually get scammed, but just have such a lack of care for their own like security of funds. The idea, right, is this is like a Russian roulette game, but but not actual Russian roulette. We're not shooting each other, right? Just to just to clarify, um, it's through Telegram, and what you basically do is like you go into this Telegram channel for Bullet Game, and People will be like, okay, it's like a uh, thousand bucks, like kind of roulette game, Russian roulette, as in it does like this randomizer thing where you just like press and 
basically if like you get shot like you lose your thousand bucks and it goes to the other the other player so it's just it's basically as a, a winner takes all and some of the like wages in there have been outrageous and of course they use their bullet token but people are betting like thousands and thousands of dollars and you just you're in this telegram channel which i like hopped into out of morbid curiosity absolutely did not engage in the actual game and it's just yeah just people are just like all right cool 5k go bang i oh, lost it okay go next oh, and you're just man. like oh my god this is just like a cesspit for people with gambling addictions mm-hmm. and just people getting taken advantage of i was just like why are people doing this through telegram as well so i think there's just like a lot of like really bad stuff happening in this space that i just see kind of romanticized on twitter in particular a lot and it's just uh yeah i mean this is the reason why crypto gets a bad rep and i think like gets a lot of like negative perception when we see these kinds of things happening just because it's quote-unquote decentralized which i will just say is absolutely not the case here right it's like a few people just managing all this doesn't mean it can just be above the law and mm-hmm. I think that's where there's going to be some real issues that, that come from all of this. I mean, the unfortunate thing about this is that your average person that, you know, may ju- just be lightly familiar with crypto, if, if you bring it up to them in conversation, they'll say, oh, that's the same thing as gambling. And this plays right into that narrative. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, for, for us, that's a little bit of a, a, a frustrating recurring theme that you have to unpack. Um, and then when you're up against <laughs> things like hamster races, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that definitely doesn't help. So, and also, I mean, you know, this is bad for the ecosystem. It's a bummer to yeah. see this, but it just keeps happening. It's the same story, a different day, you know, uh, different, different names, different details, uh, maybe even different underlying tech, but ultimately the same gambling and scams that, that we've seen, throughout the, the course of years uh, in this space. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and uh, and getting promoted by like leading voices in yeah, this space. Which is, is that just, that's just yeah, the salt just le- in the wound, isn't it? Exactly. It legitimizes it. And it also for the everyday person, you know, makes them think, oh, this, like, this is being endorsed. You know, this is a good thing. So yeah, a lot of strange stuff happening. I think that the... Look, the regulated gambling space will thrive in crypto. And I think that um, there there is obviously a space for that, regardless of what you think about kind of like gambling, assuming that it goes within the, the remits of the law, you know, it's no different from regular gambling. But I think just the fact that people are trying to get around this by saying that it's like decentralized in crypto, that they, for some reason, think they don't need licensing. I don't think people realize the implications of what they're actually doing and how liable they will be. It, like mm-hmm. there will be a hammer that really hits them hard when it comes down. So, but anyway, thought I would like just uh, touch on that uh, borderline ridiculousness that's happening uh, as per usual. Um, but why don't we jump into the serious stuff? Uh, let's jump into our first story of the day. PayPal has launched a stable coin. That's right. You may have heard of this. On Monday, PayPal announced the launch of PYUSD or PayPal USD. It's a native dollar-pegged stablecoin backed by short-term treasuries, dollar deposits, and cash equivalents. And perhaps 
The biggest factor in all of this is that it's issued on the Ethereum network as an ERC-20 token. Uh, mm-hmm. On top of that, how about this, Matt? Wait for this. It's issued by Paxos Trust Company. Have you heard of them before? Oh, yeah. How uh, of those yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've had no controversy surrounding them at all. <laughs> yes. That's a good one for us to dig into. Uh, what's interesting about this is that um, PayPal has really invested a lot in this, and they're saying that they expect it to become, quote, a part of the overall payments infrastructure. And that's a quote from Dan Schulman, Pay- PayPal's CEO. Uh, this is something that is available now for certain customers in the U.S. and will be rolling out over the coming weeks for uh, everybody else. I believe it's just U.S. focused right now, though. It, it is. Uh, it's just yeah. U.S. right now. What do you think of that? Like, I am. I was really surprised by by this with everything that's happening in the U.S. right now. Yeah, it's such a bold move. Um, like I, I, I respect it, uh, but I am so surprised they chose now to to do mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I mean, PayPal has been generally kind of slow to the <laughs> slow in this game, I, w- I would say. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is just something that's been in development for quite some time and, and maybe it just took a while to roll out and the timing is inconvenient. Or you could sort of take the opposite view, which is um, that maybe PayPal feels like they, uh, uh, you know, of any potential player outside of sort of the traditional financial institutions like uh and, and big players that we've seen entering the space like BlackRock, etc. lately. Maybe PayPal feels like they would be best positioned as far as mm. you know fintechs go um to deal with something like this because they're so familiar with the regulatory landscape in the US. I mean everybody complains yeah. about getting getting their PayPal funds frozen at some point. And really that's just yeah. risk management on, on PayPal's part. They've built an incredible, large, daunting, uh, you know, regulatory compliance apparatus at that company. So I don't know. Um, it's, it is interesting timing though. I, I totally agree. And I think like the, the timing becomes even more interesting when you throw Paxos into the mix, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think, yeah, that is like one of the things. I mean, I, I, I saw somewhere that people were um, estimating that PayPal have been building this since 2018. Yeah. Um, I think that was in relation to some of the, the, the versions of Solidity that they've used, I think was like, so I think, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I know that we've been, we've been covering, obviously, uh, crypto news for a long time now and i remember back in 2018 that we would discuss paypal and it's worth mentioning people have had a quote-unquote crypto offering right like for for a little while they've had their mm-hmm. um their, their their crypto wallet so i think you know there's there's a lot that's that's happened in the meantime and this i i i think it's equally likely that they've looked at the current market and they've said hmm, you know it's a lot of blood in the water now no one else has got a big appetite to jump in here if we do jump in, we're, we're probably the biggest and most major traditional financial institution to go in and launch a stable coin outside of crypto native protocols. We could actually really benefit from a first mover advantage and swallow up a ton of market share in the meantime. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm more, I'm more kind of in favor of believing the the latter part to to be honest that this is very mm-hmm. very calculated 
Yeah, I mean, it could even be a mixture of the two. They are a giant corporation, and corporations yeah. move slow. And <laughs> this yeah. could have been planned, you know, literally for years. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we we do recall that back in March of 2021, PayPal launched a crypto checkout surface for merchants, which allowed uh, buyers to pay with crypto. And then in May, it actually started allowing third-party integrations that enabled PayPal users to buy Bitcoin on PayPal and then send it off the platform. And remember, there was like a bunch of confusion about whether they actually could send it off the platform yeah. and everything like that. Um, but all of that happened a while ago. And when you kind of add that to the backdrop of this PayPal USD launch, you start to realize maybe you know where they're going with some of this utility. So from their press release, what they said is that for key actions will be enabled by PayPal USD. One, uh, users will be able to transfer PayPal USD between PayPal and compatible external wallets. So they were very clear and upfront about that this time. Yep. Two, you will be able to send person-to-person -person payments using PayPal USD. Three, you will be able to fund purchases with PayPal USD by selecting it at checkout. So you'll be able to pay for things. Uh, uh, you know, presumably on PayPal with PayPal USD. And then four, you will be able to convert any of PayPal's supported cryptocurrencies to and from PayPal USD. And I think that that's like maybe the more, you know, powerful one. Um, when we think about those third party integrations, you can start to see now how those would be playing together with PayPal USD and maybe what the sort of broader strategy is here to uh, enter into the to the crypto ecosystem in terms of facilitating the transfers and exchanges and purchases, et cetera, and then also having a stable coin be part of that. And I think we're going to see more and more traditional companies looking to launch their own stablecoin. I think this will be, I'm going to say the 2024 meta that's going to happen a lot. I think that we're going to see a ton of traditional companies launching their own stablecoin. Hmm. Let's so you know, <clears throat> when you think about why might PayPal do this, and you look at, okay, well, when it comes to them getting deeper into the crypto space. They're already launching a crypto wallet. Um, this is, I mean, stable coins are a, a critical liquid asset within the wider crypto space. And it takes all of that um, USD and other eventually fiat currencies and gives it a truly decentralized digital, digital form. But what we got to remember above everything else, is how damn profitable it is to be an issuer of a stablecoin. Let's take Tether, right? Mm -hmm. Q1 of this year, Tether reported $1.5 in profit in that quarter. They reported last week $850 million in profit. PayPal's operating income in Q2, their total operating income was $1.6 billion. So... I, I think I think they might be taking a little look at this huge, huge market and mm -hmm. saying, mm, yeah, I'd quite like a little bit of that. You can generate huge amount of fees and uh, revenue fees from this. And it <clears throat> it's something that if they gain a big foothold in the market, <sighs> I mean, it's a, it, it's, it's a huge USP. And I do think when we look at the negative connotations that are formed around stable coins, 
over in particular the past two years. We had this all start with um, terror, sorry, uh, with, uh, yeah, with the lunar crash, right? And we had uh, Terra USD and the awful situation that happened with that collapse hit every mainstream news and everyone associated stable coins with scam. Then we had uh, the USDC DPEG earlier this year as a result of the banking crisis since recovered. But, you know, we've had a lot of negativity. Is PayPal typically a trusted brand with consumers? I'd say so. Um, Will people (laughs) probably more likely kind of trust something like this versus a crypto native, like non-crypto natives I'm talking about, retail users, probably trust this more than like a crypto native uh, stablecoin? Probably. Is it going to have less friction? Yes, uh, for the everyday consumer. So maybe this is a good thing. I, I think it probably is. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I, I think that with your average consumer, I mean, the brand value of PayPal, it, it'll be one of the first really familiar brands to offer something like this. On the flip side, it's probably one of the lesser trusted brands in the yeah. crypto community, right? Um, principally because of all, all of these sort of past uh cases where you know they're locking down funds or they're locking people out of their accounts and there's weird things being put into terms and conditions and things like that and of course that was surfaced again with with in the case of PayPal USD like the ability for PayPal to um, completely lock down funds and even erase them uh, which is not necessarily atypical for stable coins but I think that it points to at least in the crypto community, uh, a lower level of trust for PayPal in particular, which, yeah, is, uh, I think, not necessarily representative of the general public's perception of the brand. Although I do think that that distrust, uh, that perception of distrust is probably growing generally. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, you will see, um, I, I think, a, a, a quicker and easier uptick in adoption and usage of something that has the PayPal brand on it than say, you know, something that has like the Binance brand or even the Coinbase brand on it. So, well, let's on the note of Binance, what's what is Paxos's role in in all of this? Yeah, the, see this is this is the one of the interesting components of this. Remember Matt, like Paxos used to mint Binance's BUSD stablecoin and they yeah. terminated that relationship earlier this year and th- they admitted themselves that the reason they terminated the relationship is because the SEC had planned to sue Paxos for violating investor protection laws. And I don't think that this necessarily really had anything to do with Paxos. I think they were just kind of experiencing some collateral damage here as the SEC mm. went after um, Binance and, you know, really the the, the industry in general. Um, but you could assume that Paxos at that point was probably thinking, okay, you know, what, what, what are we going to use to fill this vacuum or what's the next project? Um, and so they've gotten involved with PayPal USD here. And a couple of things that I wanted to point out. One, uh, Paxos will be publishing public monthly reserve reports for PayPal USD. That's something that they've committed to. And then, t- yes. And then two, they will also be publishing public third party attestations of the value of PayPal USD reserve assets. So they're going to have third parties coming in and basically uh, validating um, these claims uh, as re- as they are related to the reserve assets. So uh, there does seem to be some 
uh, guarantee of, of oversight here. And I, and I think that there's a there's an element to this because one I think one of the criticisms of Circle, the issuer of USDC, right, is that they they haven't been as transparent in publishing all of the reserve assets. I think yeah. this now, this competition in the space yes. that was previously really only there with Tether, which also didn't publish anything publicly. Now they do, since the, uh, albeit not super frequently, but they give periodic updates on their their reserve assets and the state of of their uh, collateralization, um, which was off the back of kind of the banking crisis. USDC, I <clears throat> I saw uh, Jeremy Allaire, the uh, CEO of Circle. Yeah, um, he he was tweeting that they are going to be doing this as well, and actually shared some like ad hoc like stuff in a tweet uh, but people are like yeah we want something more official <laughs> fair um and so and now with paypal doing this i think this is good for everyone and the space that this is going to be a a huge part of of of, of any stablecoin being issued uh, paypal usd is is going to be set up in a similar way to the way that usdc and and tether is you know, it's fully backed by a combo of dollar deposits, short-term treasury bills, and other like cash equivalents, um, so that it's always backed one-to-one. And it is incredibly important that when a company says that it's backed one-to-one, that we understand, one, the makeup of that. Because I think it's, and I, and I appreciate it, it's, it's, compl- it's complicated to understand like how backing works, right? But Something to bear in mind is if you're not that familiar with like how stable coins are collateralized, you think about something like Tether, they have like over $80 billion of USD, uh, USDT, the Tether, their stable coin issued in circulation. You cannot hold $83 billion in actual cash to back these. It's not possible to do that. And it's not practical. It has to be locked into things like treasury bills and other cash equivalents. And then you have like the complexity that comes with that when you think about duration. We saw this within the banking crisis, right? Where it's like, okay, well, we're going to hold this in a load of cash equivalents. But if you're holding this in, let's say, two-year treasury bills, well, what happens if you have a run on the on the bank uh, or uh, the, there's a load of redemptions that are asked for and you can't get out of those two-year treasury bills without taking a a loss. So then you're having to do like, okay, like 24-hour, 30-day treasury bills. It's really, really complex to manage these like reserves. And I think it's not just enough to know that the current kind of like uh, that technically you have one-to-one backing. It's, it's, it's also really important to understand like the paper value of those cash equivalents because they can change. Um, so yeah, so I think like this is a good thing that we're we're getting transparency. Let's see how it plays out. My main concern in all this is actually just like, like many people, the personal experience of like having your PayPal account frozen. God, mm-hmm. I don't even know how many times that's happened to me for quite literally no reason. Um, and, you know, it's it's really challenging. And I know it's a challenging problem to solve on PayPal's end, but it just, uh, I don't think I will be rushing to to utilize PayPal USD, but I do yeah. value its place in the ecosystem. 
And I think that's probably the thing that everybody can agree on. I mean, definitely there, this has sparked uh, a wide range of reactions, some very enthusiastic, uh, some very skeptical. But one thing that everybody seems to agree upon is that it is going to increase competition in the space where competition is needed. It may even have a knock-on effect of forcing regulators to act uh, now that you have you know, such a, a huge additional player in the space that is starting to set some new standards to your points around transparency uh, that just weren't there to begin with. I mean, I think off the top of my head, I want to say that PayPal globally has like over 400 million users, like something like 430 million users. I, I, I don't know what the breakdown of that is in the United States. I have to assume that the majority are in the U.S. So you're talking about a huge new user base that's being brought to the space, which, you know, to your point around the, the amount of revenue here, I think that the stablecoin market as a whole is it's a hundred billion plus, right? Um, so it's something that's becoming more and more difficult to ignore. Um, and so, uh, you know, for that reason alone, I think that this is an interesting bit of news and, and it'll be something, um, you know, that where PayPal may, if nothing else, serve as a forcing function to push us regulators forward when it comes to stable coins and to push the industry forward. Well, and look at a bare minimum, it's yet another fiat on-ramp that is widely needed for into the crypto space. Um, so I think that's going to be a good thing, at least. We'll see how this all plays out. Um, no doubt we're going to see a bunch of exchanges listing uh, PayPal USD, and we'll, we'll see it probably being used and built on top of alongside this. So I'm sure PayPal has a lot um, planned for it as well. So we shall see. Right. <clears throat> Let's jump into our last little story of the day. Last week, I gave a bit of a recap on the uh, pretty monumental exploit that happened um, where the Viper code uh, uh, kind of language was, there was an exploit that meant that Curve, one of the largest DeFi protocols by Total Value Locked that has ever existed, and probably one of the most widely respected platforms and protocols in in the whole of the crypto space, at least in DeFi, um, saw, I think, somewhere in the region of $70, $72 million uh, worth of assets and uh, exploited. And the chaos then that followed off the back of uh, Curve founder Michael Egorov's highly leveraged CRV token holdings that were just facing huge liquidation cascades. Well, there's, there's been a bit of an interesting update here. So last week, the Curve team tried communicating with the hacker or hackers via a transaction that they sent on the Ethereum blockchain to the hacker's wallet, where they offered a 10% bounty on the stolen funds and guaranteed to not pursue like any legal action against them if they returned the funds by August 6th, so uh, last Sunday. Um, so there was together, I think that uh, I'll read out like the first paragraph, at least of this that, that came in the, uh, Etherscan message that, that I've got here, right? It's like, we as a group curve metronome and Alchemix, they're the protocols that were impacted here, uh, would like to discuss a bounty with any parties who were involved in the recent curve exploits. We're offering a 10% bounty of any funds stolen, which are yours to keep if you return the remaining 90 
20%. You'll have no risk of us pursuing this further, no risk of law enforcement issues, etc. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'm not quite sure, though, like how much control they actually have over no law um, legal issues like pursuing them after that, but that's to one side. However, the Alchemix team... Uh, one of the protocols that were affected by the hack um, after the uh, Alchemix ETH, ETH pool was drained, um, tweeted, and I think it was like nearly $9 million or maybe $8 million was drained from that. They tweeted on Saturday that they'd actually received funds back from the, the hacker, a total of 4,820 Alchemix ETH, which is their like synthetic ETH uh, version, uh, worth $8.3 million was returned. Um, the Alchemix team went on to tweet on Monday that, I quote, following the hacker returning all of the Al-Eth ETH stolen, we will be taking no further action against them. And here's my, here's my favorite part of all this, Austin, right? So it's like following this uh, live on Monday. And uh, the, the hacker then pushes a, a response back in, via one more transaction. I just want to just write what they wrote. This is after they sent the, the, the money back. This is a quote from the, the hacker. I saw some ridiculous views, so I want to clarify that I'm refunding you, not because you can find me. It's because I don't want to ruin your project. Maybe it's a lot of money for you, lot of uh, for a lot of people, but not for me. I'm smarter than all of you. Fuck! Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh yeah that was uh, an interesting end to the uh to to the hack i guess um now the rest of the outstanding hacked funds they they haven't been returned yet um and it's left curve in 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 a bit of a poor situation um i think they are going to survive depending on what happens with egoroff's leverage crv tokens but Honestly, Austin, this is like one of those situations where I'm just like, only in crypto does this happen. Um, <laughs> well, the thing yeah. is, Matt, you know, money, it, it can be bought to buy you Lambos. It can buy you a yet-to-be-delivered super yacht on which you can run around the world from Interpol as they chase you. Uh, what it true. can't buy you is uh, the opportunity to taunt and, and stoke your ego <laughs> in, in front of all of Twitter. Uh, and so there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think we'll wrap things up. Um, I'm sure, Austin, you've got some hamsters that you need to go uh, gamble <laughs> on. So I'll let you get back to that and I'll get back oh, to my, my rat roulette. Uh, so <laughs> until then, Austin, I'll see you next week. Talk to you then, Matt. Contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.